Welcome to Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters. I'm Michonne Boston. And I'm Tequina Boston. We're your hosts and real-life sisters who binge on historical drama. We'll talk about films, fictional adaptations, and dramatic series as windows to the past and mirrors of the present. So fill your teacup or mug with your favorite sip as we explore what's fact, what's fiction, and the so what on historical drama with the Boston Sisters. I'm Michonne Boston. And I'm Tequina Boston. Welcome to Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters, where we talk about historical films and dramatic series as windows to the past and mirrors of the present. Listen to past episodes and sign up for our newsletter on our webpage at michonnebostongroup.com backslash Boston Sisters to stay up to date on new episodes and bonus content. In this podcast, we'll be talking with actress Pearl Mackey about the PBS masterpiece miniseries Tom Jones. Pearl Mackey plays Honor Newton, the worldly wise trusted maid of Sophia Western, in this four-part reimagining of Henry Fielding's comic novel, The History of Tom Jones, A Foundling, published in 1749. Masterpiece's adaptation gives a new twist to the tale of Tom Jones, a young man who was abandoned as an infant and falls in love with a beautiful heiress, Sophia Western. Sully McLeod stars as Tom with Sophie Wilde as Sophia, the object of his infatuation, and Hannah Waddingham plays the iconic seductress Lady Belliston. The series brings mid-18th century England to life in all its passion and prejudice, luxury and loose morals. Pearl Mackey is a British actress who grew up in Brixton in South London. She earned her degree in drama from the University of Bristol and continued her studies at the Old Vic Theatre School. Pearl Mackey has performed extensively on stage. She made her professional acting debut in the 2011 production of The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. She's performed in stage productions of The Birthday Party, The Crucible, and will appear in the National Theater's upcoming production of Grenfell in the Words of Survivors, Gillian Slovo's play based on testimonies from residents of London's Grenfell Tower tragedy. Pearl Mackey's television credits include Doctors, The Long Call, and animated series Best and Bester and Lloyd of the Flies. But she is best known for her role as Bill Potts, Doctor Who's first openly queer companion in the 12th Doctor Who British sci-fi time travel series. In addition to PBS masterpieces Tom Jones, Pearl Mackey can also be seen in the Netflix series The Diplomat. Welcome, Pearl, to Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, And thank you for that uh, rather lovely introduction. Our pleasure, our pleasure. So, Fielding's novel, 1749, Tom Jones, has been reimagined. And you got the call to play Honor. I did, did. yeah. Sophia, Sophia Western's Lady's Maid. 
Um, we're in the city, folks, so you're going to hear some motorcycles and some things. So bear with I'm us. I'm in the city too, so probably on my end as well. Great, great. So <laughs> we know what it's about. We know what, what? it's like. <laughs> so when you when you got the call or the email about taking this role as honor, how did you prepare to play honor? How did you work with historical consult- consultants? What were your thoughts about the role? And tell us about even the costuming you had to wear, the 18th century costuming and how yeah, it influenced um- yeah, I, I mean, yeah. When I first sort of when I first got the call, um, as you say, the the novel has has been reimagined, um, you know. And, and the first thing for me was uh, just it, just I, I was just asking about the casting of uh, Sophia's character and sort of what why they were going down the route of having uh, myself as a black woman playing her maid, and then discovered that Sophie is also a black woman, and what they wanted to to really do was kind of explore their their dynamic together um and explore the kind of realities of of what their lives would have been like and Sophie sort of coming over from well you know I mean firstly what I really loved about it was that they didn't shy away from the fact that um the realities of her being a a black mixed race woman during this time period you know it says quite early on in the script that her mother is a was a slave and her father was a slave owner um so you know, do with that what you will. Um, but for, for me, I, I really uh, loved, A, firstly, that they weren't just having a black maid to a white mistress. Um, I thought that was that was quite important. And also, secondly, um, that they kind of explored the dynamic of, you know, being like just the, the practicalities of, of daily life for, for, for Sophia as a, as a younger child, being like, well, most of the, you know, her white aunt isn't equipped to do her hair you know? And I was kind of like, actually, yeah, you know what I mean? I was kind of like, oh. That that, was perfect. Right? I was like, that reality, I was like, I really relate to that, you know, as I'm sure you both can as well. Um, And it it made it really real for me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, aside from, uh, you know, exploring those kind of dynamics of it within the sort of 18th century world, um, that was kind of what really drew me to it in the first place. but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, the honor is it does play her maid, and um, for me, uh, we didn't work with historical consultants as such. I mean, I think Gwyneth worked extensively with historical historical consultants um, in order to make the script as accurate as possible. But um, for us on set, we kind of um, we sort of explored the relationships quite a lot more um and sort of we kind of focused on those sort of elements but in terms of playing on our um you know because I mean she, she basically had to sort of do everything you know she'd be like mending holes in her dress making uh Sophia's bed throwing out her chamber pot like all of the not very nice things but then you know it does get to do all of the nicer things like doing her hair and doing her makeup and you know even taking her hair down after a, a day and and that kind of thing um but for me it was really important that she wasn't ever like still in any of the especially the scenes where you see her kind of in the earlier episodes at home I was like she's busy you know there there is (laughs) there's stuff for her to do like she is always even if she's having a conversation and you know another thing I really liked about her was was that she does have an opinion and a voice and 
she isn't like scared to to talk to Sophia about what she thinks and you know I think that really speaks to their their closeness um even at the beginning you know they definitely have a a close dynamic that's established like quite early on and I think throughout the series that just it just progresses in a in a kind of in a beautiful way I really think um but yeah I was like even throughout all these conversations and throughout the warnings that she's giving her about Tom and throughout the you know her sort of grudgingly moving to the countryside and not liking it as much as she does about London than she does London um I just yeah I was like she's she's got stuff to do she needs to she needs to be on the move constantly or folding or dusting or you know something I was like so so yeah I think that kind of really helped me access her character um as sort of different to myself or different to uh any any kind of modern women that I've played, really. Um, and you asked about costumes as well. Um, that, I've never worn a corset before. Um, well, no, actually, that isn't true. I think I did do a, we did oh, like I a- Oh, I went to a wedding. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what, did it have like the bones in it? It had the bones and it was because I knew I would be standing. I was a maid of honor. So oh, I needed nice. something to keep my back straight. Oh, actually, that's quite clever. They are actually quite useful when you're standing, aren't they? Yes. Like, yes. they sort of, yeah, they keep you up. And I mean, unless you're, you know, but it's just when you, you know, want to sit down or eat or any of those things that, uh, or just do any any other kind of normal stuff that isn't standing that, um, yeah, they can be, they can be difficult. And I, I, like I said, I, I wore one for like a, a project that we did at drama school, like ages ago. Um, but that was an afternoon and, you know, I was 20. So I was like, oh yeah, this is totally fine. And then, you know, it comes to wearing one at, you know, for 12 hours a day on set for a long time where we're, you know, walking around and obviously Anna's carrying a lot of stuff, as I said before. And, you know, when they're on the move, she's carrying all of their bags and the dresses themselves are quite heavy and like walking through yes. you know, some of our amazing sets were outside and, you know, they sort of got, they have the kind of, dirt on the ground you know because there's not there's not there weren't any you know paved roads around in those days so you know the dresses would kind of the like the mud and the, the water would kind of seep up the dresses as the day went on so they just kind of get heavier and heavier and heavier as as the day progressed and by the end you're like it's like it's like they kind of like doubled in weight which was um which was kind of yeah I mean you had to really keep your strength up like I really had to sort of make sure, you know, on my days off, I was like, A, A, I need to rest and recuperate, but like B, you know, you need to like be in the gym a little just to make sure that, you know, my core can like hold on to these dresses because yeah, I mean, they were, they were heavy. Um, yeah. And also being, um, being in a corset on a horse. Oh my. Is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something, I mean, I never really thought I'd experience, but I'm glad I did. I mean, I feel like each each new experience is exciting and you can learn from it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was um, that was interesting. I mean, I feel like hats off to whoever is, you know, who, whoever was playing the, the character in Bridgerton who was like really riding that horse with a corset on. Like we were sort of just, you know, it was a slow trot. So we were like, okay, <laughs> this isn't too, it's not too bad on the back. It's not bouncing too much. But, you know, I mean, it's still... It's just you know, it's it's a it's a whole different ball game. Like as I yeah, as I said before, you know, sitting in a corset is like 
this is kind of uncomfortable and but you can at least sort of position yourself and you can be like oh okay well I can get I can get myself to a position and I'm like right that's that feels good and then you know when you're on a horse it's like the horse is like oh yeah it doesn't feel good for me so I'm gonna keep going and um yeah I mean that was um that was interesting and at times uh a bit scary as well because it's sort it was harder to harder to kind of engage your core muscles and sort of engage your the rest of your body whilst on the horse with the corset because there's so many more restrictions um so yeah I mean it was it was definitely an experience well I want to get back um to what you were saying about the relationship part Mm. because in one of our earlier podcasts one of our earliest podcasts in fact uh, we were in conversation with the scholar and writer Emily Bernard about Nella Larson's Harlem Renaissance novel, Passing, that Netflix adapted. Oh, great. Yeah, that was an amazing film. Yeah. And there's a dynamic between the maid Zulina, and mm. who's the housekeeper, and her employer, Irene. Mm. And they obviously have some issues. Yes. However, yes, yes. Your relationship as Honor with Sophia, you guys are almost like besties. So how much of that was scripted and what was how much of that was how you and your co-actor actor, uh, mm. decisions that you were making about how you wanted to play that relationship between these two women who are both, as you said, it's two Black women. Mm. Um, who've, you know, come from London to this rural setting and are, you know, um, kind of like supports to each other, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's a really interesting question, actually. I think think a part of it was uh, scripted, um, but part of it sort of uh, Georgia and myself and Sophie... um, sat down kind of before we started and we kind of were like I think this dynamic is is really nice um it's nice that they're kind of they're each other's allies and I like the the sort of the closeness that they have and the kind of the way in which their relationship progresses you know that they they really trust each other and you know I think I think honor definitely you know steps in uh to sort of try and handle situations especially you know when when they go into that inn and those the the women are like pretty racist I think there's there's definitely a like there's a worldliness to honor where she's like okay I kind of expected this but obviously is very aware that Sophie has come from a completely different background to her I keep calling her Sophie because they basically have the same name but yeah <laughs> I mostly mean Sophia but right when, when I mean Sophie I'll, I'll, I'll try and clarify that I mean actual Sophie rather than Sophia um but if I make the mistake please forgive me um but yeah so she's obviously much more worldly than Sophia and and, and wants to protect her but kind of I think that the lovely thing about their relationship is sort of as it progresses, I think she realized there's that Sophia is a bit more grown up than she perhaps than than that she's than she was when she started the journey um and perhaps their experiences have kind of allowed her this sort of coming of age um but also I think she's she's really proud of the woman that she's become by the end, and I think. In order to have those moments and to have the the truth in that relationship and to really make that relationship kind of sing and 
I, I, I was like, we need, we need it to, we need them to be close enough to be, you know, to be a bit cross with one another and to be kind of like, like, I don't know, we were kind of like, maybe it's not, it's not like, like besties as such, it's, it's like a, like your, like a, like your older cousin that's really close to you, you know, uh, like yeah. that kind of sisterly yeah. dynamic, but that's, you know, started off on a kind of different relationship, uh, you know, sort of, but I was like, there's, there's definitely something about them that feels really familial um in in that way and and I loved that and you know and and Sophie and I got on so well when we first met and we still do we're still really close um and I think that kind of added to it as well um but I think also you know obviously in comparison to what you were saying about passing I think the reality of the situation if we're looking at it from a more broader context um there could well have been resentment on Honor's part sure. for Sophia and for the life that yeah. she had. Um, and, you know, maybe if we were looking at that and we were exploring uh, more of those relationships um, within a story, then maybe that would have been the more interesting thing to pull out. But I think for us, we were like, this is two black women in a period drama and it's talking very much about them being black women and the realities of their journey. I was like, I don't really, f like neither of us really felt like we wanted to see them hating on each other. Mm -hmm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I didn't, yeah. we didn't want other people to see that. I was like, I think, I remember when I was a, a kid and and Sophie said the same as well. Like we, we both used to really love period dramas, but honestly, like I never thought that I would be in one because, you know, I mean, until Bridgerton, which, you know, was obviously only a couple of years ago, I hadn't ever seen that. And I... I really didn't want that to be some young black girl's first experience of seeing two black women in a period drama. I was like, I don't, I didn't want that representation to be what they thought it was like. Um, and I just, yeah, I wanted the the friendship to sort of transcend their status. Um, and I, I, yeah, I really think it does. And I think that, I think, I think that representation was was more important for us than what might necessarily have been the truth of the the dynamic within a wider context yeah yeah I, I think it's a great choice to make too yeah given the context you. of our own time yeah for sure yes yes exa exactly as well and yeah for our own time as well you know I think we you know black women we have a hard time of it you know and it's like I don't I don't really hugely enjoy seeing black women on screen uh, hating on each other trying to bring each other down because i think that's a it's a it's a trope that is perpetuated by a lot of media and by a lot of a lot of the world it's sort of as a way of kind of separating us and i i think that it's really important where we can to show those relationships obviously we have to be truthful when we're showing you know representations but i mean the, the joy of this show is that it's a joyous show, you know? Uh -huh. And I was like, I think there are, so, uh, you know, so many people like, you know, Lady Bellaston's trying to bring Sophia down. So it's like, I think we don't need to see the two black, the only two black women in this, in this period drama attacking one another. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> one scene I really enjoyed was when you two were in the end and sharing the same bed and the thin walls. It took me back oh, to my, yeah. my college days. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I know that is so funny, isn't it? 
and yes. then, but I mean and just as and it's just so it's so funny isn't it and I mean I think that's one of those scenes you can really see the difference between their knowledge and experiences and I mean it's just it's hilarious and she's like what is that it's like okay um, <laughs> are we gonna do I have to actually have this talk with you um, but then luckily she's like oh, okay now I realize what it is but it's oh my gosh it's that was such a funny scene and <laughs> so much fun to film as well because I think um you know in a, sh in a show like this those moments you kind of you can push them to be a little bit more ridiculous yes than <laughs> in like you know in a, in a serious drama so we just had so much fun with that we were like let's just go for it yeah it was really funny but it also brings into focus um the question of Tom Jones and Indeed. his virtues, <laughs> mm -hmm. which Honor just is not convinced yet. Um, no, it takes I mean, a I, while. Think, I think kind of rightfully so, you know. <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, sorry, go on. You, you was used. You, you had more. You had more to ask. Um, but Sophia's relatives are more concerned about the fortune, and his yes. being the son of an unmarried woman, but. Honor has her own standards and she's trying to convince Sophia that you need to have some standards too. So how, what are, what, what were Honor's standards and how, how is she assessing Tom Jones's worthiness? Well, I mean, interesting. I think, <laughs> I think for Honor, she's like, look, you know, she's like, this is the first guy that you fall in love with. Yeah, he's cute. But like, I mean, he's not trying to, you know, he's, he says he's in love with you. And then he's out and about rolling in the hay with other people. Um, so, so I'm like, you know, I think in the, yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not that bad. And it's not, not like he's like super manipulative or anything like that. But I think she is sort of saying, hey, like, you can you can find someone who is like, oh, I, I love you. And then that therefore that means that I'm not going to go and sleep with a million other people. And I think that is, I mean, I think that's kind of a good way. That's a, that's a good standard to have, I would say. Um, you know, and I think, I don't know. I mean, I think thinking about it before... You know, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's like, you know, but in, in these days, I mean, obviously people, people's sort of standards in terms of like sex really vary, uh, you know, sometimes it's tied in with religion, sometimes it's tied in with, with lots of other things. Um, but like the sex before marriage thing is, was like a, re you know, a very, very different thing in the 1800s. Um, so yeah, I think, I don't know. I think, I think Honor's just being like, look, just be careful. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just be careful. Just, just be aware. Just, I just want you to know that this is happening. Just in case you didn't know, and just in case you thought that he was like, just you know, at home pining after you every night. And he, maybe he is most nights, but some of the nights he ain't. So, so you know, just, just I think she just wants her to be aware and just kind of have the full, the full kind of picture. So she's not going into it with her eyes closed. Um. And also just to say to him, yo, like, let's just make sure that once the marriage happens that we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, 
he's sort of portrayed as like a lovable rogue, isn't he? Um, and I think, I think it, it, if they had reimagined it in a way of him not doing any of that, because they're kind of like, actually, we do have different sort of values now. Um, it wouldn't be true to the the story. Um, right, yeah. and I think I think some of the some of the comedy definitely comes from those moments. Um, so I think without that, it's not you're not telling the same story as of Tom Jones, though. You know that I do I do like that they have honor being like, yo, like well, this is this is not okay. Let's just let's just take a minute here and just be like, I just don't I just need you to know that this ain't all right. So don't don't allow him to treat you like that for the rest of your 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 sort of engagement the rest of your marriage whatever um and i think she listens you've been enjoying historical drama with the boston sisters a podcast where we talk about historical drama series and films as windows to the past and mirrors of the present visit our webpage at michonbostongroup.com backslash boston sisters share this podcast Join our historical drama community by signing up for our newsletter to stay up to date on future episodes and bonus content. Now, back to our podcast conversation. Pearl, you mentioned that you and Sophie, in looking at the relationship between Honor and Sophia, were um, conscious of what kind of dynamic you wanted to portray between these two black women. Mm. And um, when we talked with Sharon D. Johnson, who's a script and story consultant for other masterpiece series, and I think for she was for this one as well, she mentioned that there were times when she made recommendations about what would make more cultural identity sense for a character like Georgiana Lamb, who also was a young woman whose father was a white plantation owner and her mother was an enslaved African woman. So um, were there times when you and or Sophia made some recommendations, changes um, that you felt were more uh, realistic in terms of the characters that you were portraying in the time period that they were living in? That's a really interesting question, actually. Um, I mean, I think that a lot of it was was uh, a lot of it sort of was discussed quite a lot, sort of be- between us and between us and and Georgia and, and the producers and stuff. But I don't think there was anything kind of specifically that we were like, no, like this doesn't feel right. Um, no, I think there was actually. I think there was one there was one kind of moment when when they're sort of talking in the um uh when they've been when when Honor's gone to uh, so Sophie's come back to the 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 uh the the pub that Honor's new husband no spoilers um works in um and sort of presumably where she's now moved to and and lives with very lives in very happily um and I think the conversation there wasn't in the earliest drafts of the script, if I remember rightly, um, this we did film it a long time ago, though. So um, yeah, yeah. if it's a couple all, of years, right? <laughs> yeah, if it's not all completely accurate. Um, but I think there was some stuff. Uh, there's some stuff in that scene that we were like, I think we just need to 
we need the dynamic to be honest and we need them both to not come across as stupid or naive or and I think some of that I think again forgive me I think within that scene that is where honor's kind of like yo like this guy what you you know like you, you need to kind of you need to understand that it is it's it sort of you know he uh, uh, I think I'm, I'm losing my train of thought but like she's like he is I, I have complained about him before and I've said um you know that he's sort of been uh, gallivanting in the streets um with other women um and I think I think sort of within that I think there was kind of earlier drafts that were a bit more like she was a bit less she was a bit kind of more forgiving mm. to him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and I think for us we were like I don't I don't want to see uh like a, an older black woman saying to a younger black woman it's okay to, for a guy to treat you like that yeah yeah um yeah and I think yeah we sort of you know and I mean you know the team were, were really open to that but I think for them I don't think maybe not hadn't hadn't necessarily kind of come across as that way because they're obviously like you know we're in sort of trying to create the whole story they're also trying to not make Tom Jones look as bad from our modern lens as we're looking at it from the story that ha- was written a very long time ago yeah. so i it's think it's a different kind like, of double consciousness right <laughs> yes yes exactly i think that's exactly it um so we were kind of going i t- you know we totally understand that and we um you know, that's valid. And we, we want Tom Jones to kind of look better as well. So it actually, so people feel happy and joyous about their union at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you, you know, you, that you want Sophie to, to want him. Um, but I was like, I don't feel like the, I was just like, I feel like there should just be an element, element of caution within that. And I don't just, I didn't just want, neither of us just wanted that conversation just to sort of go for honor to just be like, no, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He's, he's actually fine. I just, it just, that just didn't, it kind of just didn't sit right. But this, you know, it was an early draft. It was an early conversation. Everyone was really receptive um, and, and really listened to us. So, so yeah, it was, that was great. I mean, it's, it's lovely when, when production, when productions um, do listen to, to their actors and, yeah. and to their actors own sort of lived experiences and, you know, the nuances that they might not have necessarily thought of at first. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, talking about Mm. um, listening to actors, um, here in the United States, you know, there are certain roles that Black actresses have had reservations about taking made as one of them Mm -hmm. um, because of the history associated with um, that and what yep. may be considered a stereotype of black women in film and television. Yeah. And this brings us to Viola Davis, who was nominated for an Oscar for her role in the movie, The Help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that movie was in 2011. And then years later, she expressed some regrets for um, not taking the part, but how it was scripted. Mm, mm. And her quote from a New York Times interview is, and she says, I just felt that at the end of the day, that it wasn't the voices of the maids that were heard. Are That's there, interesting. 
Yeah. Are there similar concerns among Black actresses and other actresses of color in the UK about playing a maid or a a lady's maid? And what advice would you give to actresses like yourself if offered an opportunity or a role as a maid in a film or series? Um, Great question. Uh, and I, I remember, I remember the film firstly, um, and I remember the script and I also remember that article when, when, uh, Viola said that. And I remember, uh, having a discussion about it with, with some of my friends, um, uh, some of my black female actress friends here and also with, you know, friends and family, um, and stuff like that. I think, uh, for me that... I, that has always been quite close to the forefront of 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 my mind in terms of, you know, some of the more stereotyped portrayals. Uh, you know, going back to uh, like Gone with the Wind, kind of the those kind of things. I mean, I did I did um, my dissertation on on the differences between uh, black um, the portrayals of black women in. Uh, American film and TV um, and British film and TV sort of contrasting throughout sort of different periods. So for me, that's always been, it's always been something that uh, I've been interested in and something that I've, I found, I feel like I I don't think in, in the UK as such, there are as many negative connotations surrounding that, but I also think that there have been less roles of that type within British film and uh, television. Um, and I also think, uh, well, I, but then I also think, you know, that's a negative thing as well within itself because it's sort of, it just, there were just way less black people on TV in Britain and it, within film in in the UK um, historically, and it took a lot longer um, to to even sort of allow those portrayals to 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 exist. But that doesn't take away from the the negative stereotypes that black women were, you know, kind of well. I mean, I, I don't want to say forced to play, but you know, they were the only options that they were given. So people are like, well, look, I want to I want to be an actress. I'm trying to be an actress. I'm trying to get out. Yes. Um, I'm trying to do things here. So, you know, obviously the, there are roles that you're like, well, I don't necessarily want to, I don't necessarily want to do this, but that's our, that's sort of my only option, you know, in whatever period X, Y, and Z historically. Um, I think, I think for me, um, I definitely played some maid roles in theatre um, when I was younger so uh Tichaba in the crucible obviously mm-hmm. um uh so that was in my final year production or at drama school um and there weren't many black women in my year um in fact there were only two of us if i remember rightly and Brislovic is much more diverse now as i think a lot of other drama schools in britain are which is a good thing but you know they should have been men as well um and so yeah, I, I remember being quite angry about that casting then, um, and some other sort of similar kind of things that were none of none of these were they weren't sort of professional jobs, but I, I remember getting like 
asked, there were, there were a couple of auditions for maid type roles quite early on in my career that I was like, I don't think I necessarily want to do that. Um, that said, had they been, you know, had they been higher profile, maybe I'd have considered it differently. But the fact of the matter was they weren't. And that's how I felt about it. And I felt quite strongly about it. Um, and but just mainly because, you know, I feel like, 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 like Viola's saying, you know, if, if the roles that we're playing aren't changing the narrative, aren't pushing the needle, um, though, you know, those made specific roles, then they're kind of only perpetuating the stereotype, which is not something we should be out here doing. Um, but, you know, 2011 was a, a, a different time. I graduated, you know, I graduated from drum school in, in 2010. So I guess that was kind of around the same sort of era. And I do think that roles and opportunities um, for, for black actresses have changed exponentially during those t that time. Um, you know, you've got uh, like Gina Prince Blydewood making The Woman King, you know, yes. and incredible, incredible films. I mean, you know, you've got like Chevalier that's just coming out. I mean, yes. I'm like, this is, <laughs> we this saw. is the kind of thing, you know, I'm like, you know, a, fr a friend of mine is in that and I'm like, this is amazing that, that we are able to do this now. Absolutely. And I just, I don't know, I, I there, within the made kind of narrative, going back to that, I think with Honor, obviously it's it's not her story. So you're not really hearing her voice and her opinion all the time, but she does definitely have one within the story. And she definitely, there isn't a kind of, apart from until she sort of gets to Lady Bellaston's house actually, and she is very dismissive of her. Um, she does express herself. And she does have a journey and she does actually get an amazing kind of slice of joy at the end of it. And for me, I think, I think that, that helped me to, to understand or, or helped me to kind of feel like the role was helping to push the narrative a little bit. She wasn't sidelined. She wasn't um, dismissed within the text. It wasn't like she was just, you know, here sort of bringing a, cup of coffee here and there you know she was a real person and I think you know allowing our, our conversations uh you know between Georgia and, and Sophie and myself I think really really allowed her to develop as a real person and for me that was a, a, that was key it's like she wasn't she wasn't a stereotype she was she's a person um so I guess I guess within that my my advice for anyone would be to like look for the humanity within any role, but also, you know, I would say if it's not there and if it's not supported from production or if it's not supported from your director, you know, I'm not saying you, you know, must sort of, everything must be supported and you must be, but you, you, there are, within smaller roles, there are sort of less opportunity for that freedom of conversation that I've talked about. Um, but I, I do think, I think there is a there is a humanity that you can bring to everything to a certain extent and I think if there is there is no capacity for that because of the way that they are written and they are written in a way that is is them being sidelined then I feel like you don't have to do it that that is what I would say yeah exercising choice for sure 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I feel like, you know, trust your gut and talk to your people, talk to your team. And if your team aren't aren't the right people to talk to about that, then talk to your family and talk to your friends and, you know, see how they would feel externally watching it. And, you know, I think that, I mean, I think most of the time, if you're really considering it, then you probably know the answer. Yeah, yeah. And there's a difference between being a plot device and having a character arc and a narrative arc in a exactly. story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I mean, there are small parts where you are like, you know, we can, you can make something of that for sure. Yeah. Even if you are. Oh, yeah, I've seen that happen. Someone came in and blew the whole thing. Up. Yeah. You You're know, like, I mean, yeah. That? That totally <laughs> and like, and like, I think that is that's amazing. You know, but I do think. Yeah, I think I think with the whole made narrative, exercise caution and trust yourself and trust trust your own gut. And yeah, I think if the if it's not ticking the right boxes, then I think you're allowed to say no. You said earlier, Pearl, that you hadn't seen yourself in historical dramas in the past, and um, it wasn't until. You know, we're now seeing this is, you mentioned Chevalier, uh, you mentioned Bridgerton. We also had Sanditon. We've got now mm. Tom Jones. The there Woman was, King. The Woman King. There yep. was Belle, you know, some years yes, ago. Yes, of course. Yes. We, we, yeah, we talked to Glory Sam Jolly, who's a UK artist and, you know, art historian about that. Um, talk a little bit about benefits you see in that kind of inclusive casting and storytelling in historical drama for audiences i mean i think i think it's it's wild that we were ever excluded from those stories because we, right you know yeah. i mean it's like we've, we've always we've always been here and we've especially you know we've within london i was i was saying the other day i was like you know Shakespeare wrote Othello in the 1500s and he was not like, oh my God, you know, like obviously there is only one black character in Othello, but we would, we've been, we've been here for such a long time that it feels, it, it just feels very, um, yeah, it feels crazy to me that it's taken this long for that representation to make it to the screen. Um, and I feel like having it there now, I think really, well, I mean, I think in, in a way uh, kind of allows people to be like a little frustrated at how much it wasn't there before and how ridiculous that is as a concept, which I think, you know, there's there's time to be angry about that. And I, I, I don't think that's, that's, that's the wrong way to, to react to it. But I also think, it allows us to kind of grab hold of our history in a different way to what has been perpetuated of us for such a long time. And I think it allows us to see ourselves in other positions and allows ourselves to not just see ourselves being persecuted essentially. Yes. And I think that I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. And I think that is a really, really positive thing to pass on to the next generation. And even for us, you know, who have lived through generations of not seeing ourselves within those roles, I think it's, it's nice 
to suddenly be like, yes, we were there and we are, we can, even though we are here and they are there, it's getting very existential now. But like, I feel like it's, it's, it's so great for us to be able to be like, yes, what I, what I thought before was missing. I was right to think that that was missing. And I feel really happy that that is now kind of coming full circle and allowing for ourselves to, to see ourselves in corsets on horses, you know, to see ourselves like this, it's amazing. I, and, and I think that, yeah, I, I feel like this new development, I feel like long may it rain. And I, I, I hope that it continues to allow us to feel seen. Yes. Yes, yes definitely. Boy, I might do a series, Corsets on Horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I mean, you would have to wear a corset on a horse just to sort of, you know, add to the experience. But look, I mean, I recommend it, just not for a long time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just reimagining, we're now restoring. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why not? Yes. are pearl at our what we call our lightning round where we ask all our guests two questions related to the themes of the podcast now these questions may be a natural for you because you've been on doctor who (laughs) oh yeah 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 maybe maybe i have been asked about different time periods before once or twice but (laughs) okay (laughs) okay let's keep it fresh so (laughs) (laughs) what historical time period would you want to visit today and why? Um, this, yeah, okay. My usual go-to for this has been the 1960s. Um, ah. Though I, I think um, I think it's a really interesting time period to explore, and I think that there is a lot there is a lot to unpack within that decade. And I also think it would have been very dangerous. Um, so I don't sort of say that lightly, but I think that within you know, within the developments of, of the civil rights movement, um, I think there was, there's so much power and there is a lot of um, a community. Uh, and I think that that would be really interesting to explore. Um, but I mean, you know, to keep it fresh, I don't know, maybe like the medieval times. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know yeah. why. I feel like maybe I could fight with a broadsword. You'd be one of the shield maidens. The shield maidens. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) So our other question has to do with the time capsule, because we're all historical beings ourselves. So Mm -hmm. if you were to put three items into a time capsule that reflect the time your life and the times you've lived through, what three items would those be? Okay. Um I think the Spice Girls. Um, I think uh, like a Tamagotchi. Do you remember those? Did you guys have them? No. Did you call them that? Like the little. Do you remember the little creatures before mobile phones existed that you had to play on? Oh, they yeah. were on a on your pocket, and you had. To oh keep yeah, them okay. I came <laughs> up in the Space Invaders yeah. era. <laughs> oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. Um, and I also think I mean all of these things are kind of very 2000s um but I think that was when I was that's like, history for somebody like, yeah I feel like 
those uh, do you remember those blow up chairs yes <laughs> yeah they're like the big I had a green one and I wanted it so bad for so so long and then I realized that it just I mean my mum bought it for me bless her thank you mum um I just didn't fit in my room <laughs> didn't fit my room so I blew it up once and then I was like right I'm gonna take that down so, <laughs> so yeah I would like other people to experience that that kind of blow up furniture please well fortunately when you take it down it's easy to pack <laughs> right yes exactly exactly there was a lot of there's a lot of compartments though bit different bits with the air so you had to like you know it did take a couple of us as I kind of squish it down to flat but but we got there in the end <laughs> Well, thank you, Pearl, for joining us on our podcast today to talk about Tom Jones. For our thank audience. you so much. Oh, I've had this such a wonderful time talking to you. Thank yeah. you. And your questions were like amazing. It's really, it's, yeah, it is, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank thank you. you. Tom Jones can be seen on PBS Masterpiece. Check local listings. You could stream the series on PBS Passport the PBS Masterpiece Prime Video channel, and for free for 14 days from broadcast on pbs.org backslash masterpiece. Tom Jones is written by Gwyneth Hughes and directed by Georgia Paris. Tom Jones is a co-production between Mammoth Screen and Masterpiece. We invite you to share this episode of Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters with someone you know who would enjoy the conversation. Subscribe to Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters and enjoy past episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Visit our website at michonbostongroup.com backslash Boston Sisters for more information and resources related to this and other podcast episodes. Sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on future episodes and bonus content. You can write us at podcast at michonbostongroup.com. Like and share historical drama with the Boston Sisters on your social media. This is Michonne Boston. And this is Tequina Boston. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters, a podcast about historical films and series dramas. Visit our webpage at michonbostongroup.com backslash Boston Sisters. Tell us what historical dramas you're watching. Who knows? We may do a show about it. Sign up for our newsletter, subscribe to the podcast, and share it with the people you know who binge on historical drama. Historical Drama with the Boston Sisters is brought to you by the Michon Boston Group. The views and opinions expressed on historical drama with the Boston Sisters are those of the speakers and do not represent the positions or views of the Michon Boston Group, its clients or affiliates. This is Michon Boston. And this is Tequina Boston. Thank you for listening.